And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, basketball friends. This is Eric Corrine coming to you live from my basement. This is Jurassic Pod, episode six. I'm here with my my friend, my colleague. <laughs> She's fighting through it today. She's, uh, you know, the the Raptors are under undermanned, <laughs> and Holly McKenzie knows she needs to give good minutes today. Uh, how you doing? Uh, how you doing, I'm, Holly? I am good. I just have allergies that are just like out of control. It happens every time the seasons change. Yeah, it's so weird for <clears throat> so it to I happen. In win- yeah, it's weird for it to happen in winter. Like, I like everything's dead in winter. I, I, know, I don't. I, I don't know. quite understand what is giving you an allergic reaction. But you... I know. I know from the past that this is a thing that happens literally every season change for you. Every season to me for about a week. It. Uh, yeah. It's it's very weird. But here what, I am. What do you think would happen if you lived in California, like <laughs> LA, and it were just like twenty two and sunny, or San Diego, maybe twenty two and sunny every day of the year? Uh why don't we live in LA? I know, I know that you always used to do that. You always used to say during winter when we'd walk home from practice, you would be like, "Why did my family settle yeah, here? Yeah, why did my grandparents <laughs> just stop there?" Like, like, why did they stop stop where the bad weather was? <laughs> it is crazy, though. I sometimes think, how much of a different person would I be if I had grown up somewhere where it was just warm all the time, where there wasn't winter, where you didn't have winter clothes, where there wasn't snow? Like, just imagine, imagine watching a movie with snow and thinking, wow, I've never had that. Oh, it's funny you mentioned that because I asked scotty barnes yesterday after the game what he thought of the snow this was Um, unplanned by the way yeah no yeah absolutely just a natural synchronicity um and because he was in like a parka and a toque and like it looked like he was bundled up for the uh i've got to say like the pretty nice snowfall we got like that was compared to like a bunch of gray days where it was like three degrees and rainy or whatever like i'll take i'll take a snowy day any day of the week if those are my two options um but uh he said he didn't actually go outside uh but it, <laughs> it looked nice from from his window but he, he was fair. he was garaging he was garage <coughs> to garaging it i guess uh in the uh in the spirit of Kawhi leonard uh our old pal um but yeah he, he seemed he seemed unfazed by it uh and well that's that, good yeah adapting i feel well. like <laughs> I do feel like for NBA players, the weather is almost an like overstated convo when it comes to locales because one, you're only in whatever city that you are signed with for you know maybe eight nine months, maybe ten at best, I guess. But even not, in not those... even ten, like the season starts at the end of September and ends at yeah. latest in like middle middle of June. So that's you know. That's yeah. not even nine. It's like eight and a half months at the longest. I can't do math. Yeah. You know this. Um, but even then, in those months that you're in the city that you are playing for, you're only there half of the time. And then, like you said, you can go garage to garage and chauffeur to chauffeur. You don't have to be and, outside and, and let's, if you and don't let's, want to be. Yeah, and let's face it. like They're avoiding being outside a lot of the time because they don't want to get stopped a bunch of times. That, that's not to say they yeah. don't enjoy the weather on occasion if they're in you know, nice locales or they live in a nice locale, but like, it's not like they are necessarily as Great. outdoors as you're like, like a, a Los Angeles Laker, let's say is probably not outside as much as the average Los Angelino, uh, unless he's like outside in his own home, I would assume. Right, um, right, right. Any all this of- is where being an NBA player is nice, though, because you're definitely going to have 
your own yard and space and during a pandemic as someone who lives in Toronto yeah, and doesn't I, have a house. <laughs> I was very, that, that's something that I do think about. I was think, very man. jealous of Norm Powell, who uh, I forgot if his home is in Las Vegas or Los Angeles. I, I'm not really sure where he was during the pandemic, but there was just like, you know, him and his dogs. Like he had a, lot, a few Instagram videos of him and his Pomskis, Apollo and Old Odin. And uh, I was like, that, that uh, on his, in his property. And I was like, that seems nice. Not going to lie. That does seem nice. Do you, whenever I see um, Norm's dogs, I'm reminded, I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember when his dog was injured and I, I, I saw know, the I think I know exactly where you're going, but go ahead. I saw the photo of it and I had a reaction. Um, In the Raptors locker it. room. Yes. <laughs> to it. And I said that his hand was hurt and... Jonas Valanciunas didn't let me live down the fact that I was emotional <laughs> and that I called an animal's limb um, a hand yeah. instead of a paw. <laughs> yeah, so this was uh, for <clears throat> full disclosure, and I promise we'll talk about the 2021-22 the Raptors any moment now. But uh, <laughs> it was during Halloween, and he was dressed up in like a Batman costume. Oh, and he, he was so uh, cute. So yeah, you, that is you important. Had, you, yeah, you had your comment, and, and Jonas goes... Uh, first of all, that's dogs don't have hands, they have <laughs> paws. And second of all, that's not a dog, that's Batman. Um, <laughs> which, was, which was legit, legitimately one of the funniest things. Uh, uh, I mean, certainly that Yodas, uh, I ever heard Yoda say, not to say he wasn't funny, but like that, that was like the time they got that joke really worked yeah, well. His delivery was great. Um, and yeah, admittedly, I didn't realize, you know, like I forgot in the moment that there were people around me and it was just, it was a funny moment. And I think of that every time I see either of his beautiful dogs. Um, since we last talked, Holly, uh, yeah. first of all, I know, can you tell him like, I'm like prolonging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, the Raptors played the final two games of the six-game road trip, the final five of which I, cor- I correctly predicted on this podcast. <sighs> yeah. Give me my praise. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. <laughs> they played the last... Deserved. Yeah, thank you. They, they won in Memphis. Nice little comeback after a pretty dreadful defensive first half. Uh, Yuta Watanabe returns from a calf injury, plays 13 and a half minutes or so, is pretty good uh, in the, in that return. But uh, mostly, uh, Fred Van Vliet is awesome. Raptors <clears throat> beat the Grizzlies. Uh, a few days later, John Morant gets injured. At least it's not uh, an injury that will require surgery. That's good. Thank goodness. Um, Raptors lose to end the trip in Indiana. Uh, mm-hmm. That was... Mm-hmm a game that kind of got progressively ugly uh the depth problem that has been exposed by a few injuries really revealed itself the raptors are having trouble finding a cohesive bench and they clearly ran out of gas as the game was going on and that story kind of repeated itself Mm -hmm. uh against the celtics uh who won by 12 in Toronto <coughs> on Sunday. The Raptors fall to 9-12, and 12, uh, ranking 9th offensively, 25th defensively in the yeah, league. Yeah, that's ugly. Uh, and I, I actually thought that Sunday was a marked improvement on the defensive end. <laughs> like, I, uh, I thought they were doing more of the right things. Uh, but I think the overall takeaway right now is that this team is feeling very, very thin right now. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, You know, again, you were right another time (laughs) uh, a couple episodes ago when you told me don't wait for everyone to be healthy because that's not going to happen during an NBA season. And yes, we know that. Yeah. Even if it does, it will be fleeting. Like, yeah. So you were really real. The team's really, really feeling the loss of Kem. I mean, he's out right now with knee swelling. That's unexplained knee swelling. Yeah. You you love to see it. It's a little worrisome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hope that he's back soon. Obviously, OG and Ananobi's still out with the hip injury. Hip pointer. Is it a hip pointer? Yeah, hip pointer. Yeah. that's what I. That's what I thought. But then I thought eh, the hip. Wrong. The hip. It's pointing. 
yeah, who am I forget? Who Gary am I Trent, forgetting? Gary, Gary Trent, Trent, uh, Gary got Trent sort of kicked a... accidentally in the sh- in the calf. In the calf, right? Uh, yeah, this this franchise has a good history with and calf then, strains, so it'll probably be fine. <laughs> and then also, uh, he's playing, but I noticed on the on the trip that um, Scotty Barnes was really having some trouble with that thumb uh, during that last game of the trip in Indiana. Yeah, which he, coincidentally is where he hurt the thumb in the first place. Indeed, he hurt himself in the last or second last possession of the. Yeah. the game in indiana and he <clears throat> actually had himself subbed out against indiana this time around uh at the end of the first half and came back to having a really effective second half mm-hmm. uh, just as he did against boston on sunday after a, a pretty quiet uh second half or first half uh sort of following in that pattern uh career high for three pointers uh he said he'd never taken nine three pointers in a game <laughs> before and without checking the stats, I'm just going to believe him. Um, but before we get to Scotty and other things, uh, I wrote about Fred Van Vliet on Sunday. Uh, some quick stats for you, Holly. Uh, Fred Van Vliet <laughs> has played 763 minutes so far this year. That's third <sighs> in the league behind mm-hmm. Jason Tatum and Miles Bridges. Per game, at more than 38, he leads the league. Yeah. Uh, when he's played, the Raptors outscore their opponents by 53 points. <laughs> In the 245 minutes he has not played, the Raptors have been outscored by 70 points. Uh, this is starting to sound a little Kyle Lowry-ish to me. Yeah. And in... A good way, but also in a very, very worrisome way, given what we first talked about. Uh, right. So I guess uh, my first question is, how concerned are you about the extent to which the Raptors, uh, if they want to win games, <laughs> have yeah. to rely on Fred Van Vliet right now? Uh, the short answer? I'm concerned. Very. <laughs> uh, Fred's been great, like you said, and... I know that sometimes uh, coaches and players as well will say that media and people who are not actually playing the game themselves put too much stock on minutes and that, you know, if a player feels fine, it's just it happens. You you know, there are going to be games where players have to play big minutes. But the problem is basically for the reasons you just said, for the Raptors to be successful and win or even have a chance at winning most of these games, Fred's not having to play big minutes here and there it's every night and and it's the load of the minutes again we talked about this last week he, it's not just that he's playing 40 minutes or whatever 37 i think you said that he's averaging 37, oh, 38 38 um it's not just that he's playing those 38 minutes it's that so much he's extending so much of himself on both ends of the floor um that yeah it is worrisome and especially with a player like fred we've talked about it before this point itself I know Fred will never tell you if he's tired, if Fred is hurt, if anything's going on, he's just going to go out there and he's going to push through it because that's just the kind of guy and player he is. And I, my instinct is to protect those kind of players from themselves by not allowing them to be in the position where they could be overworked or play through something that, um, you know, could cause any further issues. So yeah, I think that's a huge problem. And, um, I don't really know what the I don't really I don't really know what you're gonna do looking at things right now. Let me give you some more stats, Holly. Uh, Love it. Last seven <clears throat> games, so that takes us to the start of the uh, the West Coast okay. trip in Portland. Yeah. Uh, with Fred Van Vliet on the court, they're scoring 115 points per 100 possessions, giving up 112, uh, which is not good, by the way, uh, <laughs> for a net rating of plus three. Uh, which is pretty good overall. Like if those were the overall results, you'd be pretty happy. Uh, And that was in 260 minutes. In 76 minutes that he sat, uh, first of all, he sat 76 minutes over seven games. And that included (laughs) a a a few blowout losses. Uh, Now I'm going to say Nick Nurse took those blowouts to, uh, he he was contesting them for a while uh, when maybe he could have, lighten the load, but uh, I'm not going to get too antsy about that anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he uh, in those minutes, whereas the Raptors were scoring 115 with him on the court, 
when he's been off, they've scored 96 points per 100 possessions. While the Raptors were (laughs) given up 112 per 100 with him on the court, they're given up 124.2 with him off. While they had a net rating of plus three with him on the court, they have a net rating of minus 28.2 with him off the floor for a differential (laughs) of 31 points. uh, It's honestly unbelievable. And so this is my roundabout way of saying... I get where Nick Nurse is coming from. He has correctly... Oh, absolutely. He has, absolutely. He has correctly figured out... Uh, I mean, figure out is a strong, <laughs> strong phrasing. He has correctly diagnosed that when Fred Van Vliet is not on the floor right now, the Raptors stink. Um Oh, that sounds so uh, harsh. Well, I mean, I'm not what, saying what it's, do you I'm call not... a team that has a nut rating of minus 28.2, Holly? Uh, hurting. I call them hurting. <laughs> uh, for, for, for point of context, <clears throat> the, the worst teams in the league for a season usually have a, a negative nut rating of like 10 or 12 for the season. So oh, Those numbers um, are staggering. Yeah, like yeah, it and matches... it's only 76 minutes. Like, it's you know what a... I mean, though? Like it matches what we're seeing and yeah. what you know, but to actually hear it laid out like that is like, oh. Yeah, and, and so, it's just like a total, my... a total cratering on either end. And what I want to, like taking it beyond Van Vliet playing so much, what really mm-hmm. worries me mm-hmm. about it is that it shows a lack of alternatives to figure it out right now. And that's whether that's through a Pascal Siakam led offense or Malachi Flynn having a big role in the offense, or even those little stints where before his injury, Gary Trent was kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, doing his little dances and, and looking pretty good, honestly, with, uh, in, in, in his isolation attempts or his two man game attempts, the Raptors just can't sustain anything with Van Vliet off the floor, and that mm-hmm. does not speak well to those. I mean, I don't want to criticize any of those players too much because I think, like in isolation, not not in the play type, but but just on their <laughs> own, they've yeah. been like varying degrees of fine. But it is mm-hmm. worrying that together they cannot prop up some sort of non-Van Vliet alternative. Yeah, it is, uh, it's not good. And like you said, like, I'm not trying to criticize the coaching staff here because the proof is right there in those numbers you gave. Like, what are, I don't really know what the other alternative is. And it's not ideal, um, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know. Like, obviously, you know, I'm going to say that I'm hoping for a bigger role for Malachi Flynn. He uh, played well against the Celtics. He played, had, had 15 minutes, finished with eight points, three rebounds, three assists. Um, he took eight shots. <laughs> he was aggressive, which I really liked. Uh, I liked seeing him go to the rim. I I just like seeing Malachi look confident and, and you know, get some time. I'm hoping that he can continue to build on that uh, for him, but also to hopefully try to relieve Fred. I just, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the way I'm going to spin this because I, I'm still stuck on, on, on when you said this stinks because that's such an ugly word, not saying it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that Fred Van Vliet is an all-star or should be. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen unless the team yeah. has a much better record. And I think Fred himself has acknowledged that, that he he's aware of the situation. He knows how these awards and accolades are usually given. Um, but Fred's really freaking good, man. Like whether it's on a great team or a struggling team (laughs) he's really really good and and uh obviously he's everything to this raptors team yeah i do want to say though that i have not to change topics but i do think that we're seeing pascal kind of get his feet back under him and and get back into a rhythm and that has been been really good to see over the last few games of the road trip before we move on and i want to talk about both flynn and siakam uh but to your last point uh I, I agree. Like the All Star nod is unlikely, but it, like a push should be made by the franchise and him for it if all of this continues. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, both his both those impact stats, but also just his individual numbers, which I don't have in front of me, like merit consideration. 
Um, but on uh, Friday before the Indiana, Indiana game, Rick Carlisle said, uh, I don't think it's any stretch to say he's a great player, and I don't say the word great lightly, but when you factor in everything he's done in his career and his value to this team right mm-hmm. now, he's a great young player. He's absolutely unafraid when it comes to big shots, big situations, and he has an impeccable sense of timing when they need a big shot, even if it's in non the non-crunch time part of the game. And... We, we know like that, you know, his offensive acumen and shot making is only part of what he does out there. But, mm-hmm. but, you know, people who know things are noticing and, uh, you know, not that, not that it really matters. Like, uh, we all know that Van Vliet is appreciated throughout the league, but occasionally there's some insecurity in this fan base, uh, and just <laughs> about being a Canadian and a Torontonian in general when, when you're viewing yourself in, contrast to the United States. So it's always nice to hear those things. Um, if Rick Carlisle had said that I had an impeccable sense of anything, that quote would be cut out and plastered all over my wall so that it was the first thing I saw in the morning and the last thing that I saw at night. Uh, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, Malachi Flynn, uh, I think to wrap up the Van Vliet <clears throat> co- uh, discussion and to head into the Van v- the, the Flynn discussion is like, regardless <coughs> of the outcome uh, of how those minutes are going, I, I think, and Nick Nurse said that, you know, the the almost 40 minutes that Van Vliet played was probably, you know, two or three too many on uh, on Sunday. I think they've got to make some sort of effort to keep the minutes down just because we know how hard those minutes are watching them. Um, so I'm ready to give Flynn, Flynn an extended run at the backup point guard minutes and have a healthy share of them be without Van Vliet on the floor. Like, because that's just what you have to do if you want to preserve this player. Uh, and if it means sacrificing a win or two, like we're talking a lot about the future every week. Uh, so what is the season about saying that, uh, the offense, you know, I I think you're right in that he is creating some decent looks for both himself and for teammates. The problem when you refer to those eight shots is he created <laughs> like three wide open mid rangers for her, for himself. And I know like mid rangers aren't sexy, um, but you know, given the realities of the Raptors' offense, when they have an open shot, you need to we're taking you them. need to knock them <laughs> we're down. We're taking and, what we have. And, and Flynn did create a share. The f- problem is he missed all three of those open mid rangers, and at some point he's got to start knocking down those looks he's creating, and his teammates have to start knocking down the open threes. Uh, fewer of which I can recall, to be fair, um, uh, and that's just not happening. So. Uh, I, I'm pretty much with you on Flynn, but I, I and I think you need to let him live through those missed shots, and 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 so he can he can know he can afford to miss some shots and do the things that he's been pretty good at doing. But we can't say he's killing these minutes, right? And I think well, I think that the last point of what you made is really really something that stands out to me too is especially coming into the season where I think. I don't think it would be a stretch to say that pretty much everyone who follows this team would have assumed that after Fred, it would have been Malachi to be getting the majority of the point guard minutes. Or Gorham. Coming into <laughs> coming, even yeah, well, yeah, but coming into the season once it kind of became clear that that wasn't happening, yeah. I think I think that would have been the assumption. So the fact that that didn't happen, I think that mentally that does kind of have to make a player question himself question what like what's going on um so the fact that he is getting this time i do think he needs to have a continued stretch of these minutes so that he's not looking to the sideline when he misses a shot or there's a turnover or something happens like you never want a young player constantly looking to the bench to for like approval or to feel like they're still going to be in the game and um I'm hopeful for the Malachi minutes. I don't know. I I felt I felt good watching, even though, like you said, he did miss some shots. But um, hey, who didn't miss some shots last night? The Raptors yeah. shot like thirty six percent. But yeah, I thought that was I thought that that was a good start for him, and I hope it continues. Were you surprised? You mentioned Goran. Were you surprised about the news um, that he will not be with the team? Uh, 
Yeah, it's a hard one to talk about because, you know, personal circumstances were... I, obviously, were, we hope were, everything were mentioned. Is, uh, is okay. Saying that, like, we know how it looks given, like, particularly how the Al Horford situation in Oklahoma City played out last year. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I... I I guess I'm I'm kind of surprised that it's that we're here and I just don't really feel comfortable speculating beyond that uh from a team point of view uh I think it just makes it harder to imagine right. that they're going to be able to <clears throat> trade him uh at any point for anything uh you know that the team would would want and I think like more and more if and when Goran Dragic returns to the Raptors uh, or the NBA, we're probably heading for a buyout situation. That could change, but right now that's how it's seeming. And I don't want to have a whole conversation about the Kyle Lowry non-trade right, and right. then sign and trade. Uh, but, you know, that 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 potential outcome does not help, you know, <laughs> come to peace with, with what did happen. <laughs> Uh, Pascal Siakam. Uh, well, no, I I first want to say obviously, of course, I hope yeah. that things are are as good as can be. Um, but I did think it was really nice when when Nick was asked. I I don't know if it was before the game. I think it was after. before. The I game. think it was yeah. before he was asked about Goran, and he just said like, "What a nice guy he was to coach and to be around, and he was a really enjoyable person." And you know that I'm kind of a Goran stan. Um, I just. I enjoy him a lot as a person, uh, and I will always remember the uh, the series between the Raptors and the Heat, which you tell me you don't remember, which I don't know. I feel like you were with me in the scrums, but I digress. Uh, that was a series where Kyle was struggling I, I remember the mightily. series, yes. And uh, reporters took to asking Goron about it, which is kind of a weird move just in general to ask an opponent about their opponent struggling in in the playoffs and you know players can be kind of cagey especially in the postseason depending on how things are going and I just remember this was kind of like my first like introduction to Goran like talking to him and things like that I was so blown away by how much time he had for those questions and just how thoughtful and complimentary he was of of Lowry and his talent and also the mental side of like when you're in a slump and how of course he'll get out of it and and you know say, him saying like everyone is talking to him about this I'm sure you guys are writing about it I'm sure he sees it from his family and his friends and da, 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 and just saying like he'll get out of it like when players go through it it feels awful when you're in it and it, but you you always bounce back and I know I'm probably rambling here but I just thought that was such a telling piece of Goran the person that he would have that empathy and and also just time for media during the playoffs to talk about his opponent struggling rather than you know himself or his team excelling um and that sort of began that sort of was the beginning of my um appreciation and fandom for Goran that uh it was nice to hear Nick say that last night and I hope all is well uh let me add uh out of practice on Monday, Precious Achua, who was, of course, teammates <clears throat> with him last year in Miami, uh, said, I was thinking about this yesterday. Goran's the oldest point guard on the team. He had the most years in the league on the team, arguably the most experience. And just looking, losing that veteran experience, veteran leadership, and someone that you could go ask questions to, he's basically seen everything. It's big. Mm-hmm. I know it's not just myself that goes to him for questions and stuff like that. I always ask him, what does he see during the course of a game? And he tells me, hey, do this or don't do this or approach it that way. That's what he brings to the team. And he went on to say that, you know, Scotty Barnes is often going to him. Um, and, and yeah, so for a young team, like beyond, beyond you know, what he could provide on the court, like I, I think for a, a young team, losing every bit of, you know, mm-hmm. veteran experience as like cliched and as that can get at the time when there's such a dearth of it, like every little bit is that more important. And uh, yeah, so I was surprised in, in from that sense that, uh, that things have turned out this way for now, but again, uh, without knowing what's going on, uh, let's just, let's just hope the best for him and maybe he'll yeah. be back in a Raptors uniform 
even if it seems unlikely uh, in the in the present moment. Yeah, I should apologize. I didn't mean to phrase that as no, are you no. I understand. A- it's a weird situation. It's a weird situation. Yeah. I think we can all talk about it and acknowledge that it's a weird situation. Um, but the truth is, we just don't know everything of about what's happening, and we just oh, wish the best for him. Um, that quote made me want to cry. <laughs> That was, uh, yeah, that says it all. Yeah. Goron, big fan. Uh, Pascal, Great man. Pascal Siakam, <laughs> the other guy you mentioned, the other guy I mentioned, mm-hmm. when it comes to those Van, non-Van Vliet minutes that just have not been uh, working out. On the whole, you know, I think his numbers are fine. He's averaging 17.7 points, 7.2 rebounds, 3.6 mm-hmm. assists per game, uh, shooting 46% from the field, 35% from three, which is certainly better than last year. Uh, you know, I don't think his defense has been where you want it to be mm-hmm. yet, but, uh, Hey, welcome to the club. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think like on, on an individual level, we can be pleased with where right. he is, but it's that old Siakam conversation, right? Like if he's right. so good and if he can put up these stats, why isn't it impacting team success a little more and and while saying that i should also note that along with van vliet he was a minus two against boston which suggests that the minutes he didn't play were a much bigger problem than the (coughs) minutes he did play um but overall he's obviously not having the same Mm -hmm. impact that van vliet is and when you're playing and here we go when that much of your salary <laughs> cap uh, of the money you spend is devoted to one guy you want him to impact winning and as as fine and and even as good as he's been on his return that's not quite happening yet uh, so what are your overall thoughts on Siakam so far yeah again i almost hate to bring the conversation up because it's such a hot topic uh, but I think I'm not as down, not that you were down, but I think I'm a little more positive. Shocker. I'm a little more positive about the situation than, than Eric is. Uh, I just felt like we're seeing him look a little more comfortable and whether that is just getting some more games in or getting his conditioning back. Um, he's playing pretty big minutes, uh, in, in the, in the past few, which, you know, mm-hmm. Linking he's aver- us he's, to the... he's averaging 33 minutes a game, and if you take yeah. away that first game where he played 24, like it'd be a lot higher. So I mean, not a lot higher, but a you know a minute or two higher, and yeah, he'd just be another raptor averaging <laughs> you know 35 <laughs> or more minutes a game. Uh, no, but I do think that that is showing that his conditioning is improving and is you know pretty much at game you know, full game speed, whatever, 100%. Um, So that is a positive to me. And I think just, I don't know, like the game against the Celtics just annoyed me. You know my thoughts on the Celtics. You know how I feel about this. I come out of every game against the Celtics, even the games they win, just feeling super negative about everyone and that's not like me so I feel like I need to like almost like counterbalance that to get back to like what I actually think because ah, yeah I don't like I don't I don't I don't like seeing the Celtics um it would have been nice if if a couple more um three-pointers would have fallen from Pascal Pascal didn't hit any last night um uh yeah yeah just looking at yeah yeah but I I think overall we can be uh, you know, taking that last point you made about not living too much in, in the immediate wake of whatever game we've seen. <laughs> like, you can, I, I would say, I would be slightly optimistic about where we are right now in the Pascal is back experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but saying that, I, I, I really, at some point, uh, hopefully soon need to see that more <laughs> but not just from him i need to see what yeah. he's doing impact the team more and i think a lot of that has to come on defense and it's yeah. and and this is where you know everything connects like if og ananobi and ken birch are out there mm-hmm. the defense is better <laughs> like it's it's not it's not rocket science like uh you know you could say whatever you want about pascal siakam's individual defense and i don't think it's been particularly good so far 
But if OG Ananobi and Ken Burch are out there, he's trying to do a bit less. He isn't scrambling quite as much, probably. Uh, and it just, you know, it's not the, the load, as we were talking with Van Vliet, like what he's being asked uh, to do is not that much. The problem, again, is he's one of your best players and right. you're always asking your best players to do a lot of things. <coughs> and so I'm just, I'm not quite there on Siakam yet while acknowledging that I'm, I'm more positive than not with where. Yeah. The is. injuries thing is hard. Cause like you said, they're always going to be there and you don't want to put too much weight into that because there are issues outside of that, obviously. But like you look at the um, box score from the game against Boston on Sunday and like Svee's playing 38 minutes I mean, that's asking a lot from him. <laughs> that's a bigger role than I think he probably um, could have anticipated. Uh, I think that, yeah, going from Kem and uh, OG to Precious and Svi is, that's a lot. That's like a, a, a lot to try to fill. And um, you you're, you see that, especially defensively. You just see that the pieces, they don't really match up as well um, without those guys out there. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Before we move on to uh, a few smaller, I mean, not smaller but but maybe you know more future-minded or or uh, more esoteric topics yuda's back uh yuta watanabe returned against memphis played 13 and a half minutes sat out mm-hmm. a game uh for injury management or whatever their injury recovery uh played 13 and a half against boston uh in which he the raptors i believe played very well in those minutes uh let's look yes boston yes Yes, they they were plus 15 in his 13 and a half minutes build the whole (laughs) a team best build the whole plane out of you to watch that's what i say and that's even as he missed three mostly wide open three pointers and went one for four in total uh early thoughts on utah's uh return and you know nick nurse said that he has to take it very slowly with watanabe Mm -hmm. for the risk of re-injuring him Uh, obviously the calf injury is a for him at least is a very complicated one as we saw from Mm -hmm. his six and a half or seven week recovery Uh, that had a setback in it uh but what have you seen from utah and uh i'm I'm just gonna editorialize and say i'd like to see more of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would like to see more of it uh it's just great to see him out there and like you said the plus 15 uh in 14 minutes last night he wasn't one of four he was one of four from three he was actually one of six which really shows just the impact that he has on the game even if he's not necessarily making his shots or scoring um and i think we knew that like before this return that just his impact his uh knowledge and awareness of the game but also the energy that he plays with he brings such a boost when he comes um into the game off the bench and he's also just a really smart player so that even if his stats aren't like eye-popping or even if you were to first look at it and say one of six ooh, he might not have had a good game he actually makes a huge difference um on both ends of the floor just making things uh function smoother um and yeah the, his return the, his first game back he it was just great to see him out there and he, the smiles he had uh were awesome and after the game, I noticed like he posted to his Instagram like a bunch of photos of him playing and just a caption saying how happy he was to be back. And oh my goodness, it this was his first time playing this season. <laughs> like we I knew that, but when you actually think about it, this injury has taken so long um to heal that I'm just glad that he's back and uh am looking forward to more. You? Um He's been good and I've enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed oh. that Nick Nurse uh, has used two challenges on Utah for fouls, <laughs> uh, both of which he won 
that was cool. Uh, and yeah, like I, I think I think yeah, I missed last. I think I missed last night's. When was last night's? It challenge? happened like right away. It, it like because he, he got game? put in for Scotty Barnes, who was pulled early after two turnovers, right. and he like uh, went up vertically to to challenge Jalen Brown and was called for a defensive foul, and it was switched Listen. to an offensive foul. One thing you know about Utah is he's always going to challenge any shot. And he talked about that after the uh, um, yeah, Memphis game. Yeah. And because he, he, I loved that he brought up the uh, the dunk yeah. from last season, the Anthony Edwards dunk. I mean, he didn't uh, say it out loud, but you know that's what he was talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just great. And he's he's uh, he just seems like a delightful person yeah, as I, well. I believe the I quote mean, was I'm, something like, 100 times out of 100, I'm going to jump. Yeah. Like trying, yeah. trying to block the shot. Uh, yeah, right. I actually I missed the start of the Raptors game last night because I was covering Canada basketball, yeah. the men. We will get to that momentarily. What I really wanted to say about Utah, and I couldn't think of in the moment you asked me, is what you see from him is like length and athleticism, mm-hmm. the type that the Raptors, you know, obviously like, combined with like a near mastery of the schemes versus yeah. some of the yeah. other players who have similar qualities, but whether it's just being new to the team or being slow mm-hmm. to grasp, slower to grasp the concepts or, or just being more error prone for whatever reason. Uh, I'm, I won't say a player's name who was given a C, a, C, uh, a DNP last night uh, by coach's decision. Uh, he just knows where to be and what to do in a complex system. And when you combine that with his physical skills, which are, you know, pretty notable, mm. I think, you know, there's there's no it's, there's no wonder Nurse likes him. Like he he he's a wonderful fit and a wonderful <laughs> role player yeah. for this team. And I think I think missing the amount of time that he did as like shitty as that is. Look at me not wow. freaking out cuz I said shitty. Yeah, yeah, you do, you still have Look, to comment on it, but you did it. I did cuz I thought yeah. am I allowed? Yeah. I'm allowed. <laughs> uh I just rattled myself to not thinking about oh, Utah. Yes, being out always sucks is shitty <laughs> but but uh for a player like utah who already has such a great understanding just of the game in general but also of this team's schemes all of that time on the sideline like you know that he's picking up what's happening and seeing ways that he can come in and and, and improve some of those areas that they are lacking and like he's learning his teammates from the sideline like you know that those games that he wasn't playing he was using them to further like his education into how he could improve. And that's why I'm really excited to see like once he's hopefully, you know, fully back and over this um, recovery management kind of phase of being in and out. uh, I'm curious to see where his minutes will end up. And I'm really curious to see his impact of the game. Cause like you said, it's obvious that Nick loves him. Why wouldn't you? He seems like the kind of dream player to coach. And yeah, I have, I have a lot of, uh, High hopes for Utah. Uh, Quick question. Uh, Let's live in a world in which the Raptors get slightly healthier over the next few weeks. Uh, I want to live in that world. uh, Well, you're not going to live there, want to live there once (laughs) I ask the question I'm about to ask. No. Um, Do you think... Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Because I'm a bad person who likes (laughs) decent content. Um, Who likes drama? uh, Delano Batten... Yes or no for an extended run in the G League? If everyone is healthy and if Malachi is going to be getting extended minutes and Delano's going to be playing three minutes, then yes, because I just don't think it makes sense to have a guy playing like five minutes or less if he's as talented and has as much potential as Delano does. Um, You know, might as well be out there playing. Uh, but I hate that I'm saying that because I want him to be with the Raptors. Well, remember, getting sent to the G League isn't a demotion. Um, Listen, uh, it isn't. Look at Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. Fred Van Vliet barely played in the G League, but sure, let's continue. But he loves let's, to. Let's continue he loves to talk to be about part how. Of it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just asked that not only because of the three minutes, but the Raptors 
over the West Coast trip, I think we're moving away from mm-hmm. like the Banton as point guard minutes and whether it was with Flynn or with Van Vliet, many of them mm-hmm. were, were with Van Vliet, as you <laughs> could have guessed by the first conversation. Uh, uh, that's how those minutes have been going. And if you see Delano Banton as, you know, a lead creator, I think, you know, 30 minutes in the G League in that role a night versus... 10 minutes as Mm -hmm. a secondary guy per night might be more beneficial for his long-term growth. Uh, That's sort of my thinking. Uh, I I get, I I, I don't think he's been bad. Like I, like I, I just think he's getting like his growth is potentially being limited by being put in that role versus being put in a different role that he could eventually fill with this team. Ideally, I would like, for the team to find a role for him that keeps him on the floor now. (laughs) Uh, I have a hard time talking about Delano because I just feel so strongly about him already that um, it's hard to be impartial. But yeah, I think if it's, if he's going to be playing three minutes, then I would much rather see him getting some run and continuing to develop into whatever kind of player he's going to be with, with 905. Yeah. Uh, So before we wrap up, a, did, I didn't know you were going to ask that, and I'm... I'm I, I know, I know. So I like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> I, I don't... Uh, yeah. you, you do a very good job of, of writing a rundown, and then I do a very good job of vaguely <laughs> paying attention to it. Um, as, as, as you wrote on the rundown, anything from practice <clears throat> or on the road uh, this week, you asked me. Uh, I did, in the opposite of my flight to Portland, which was very stressful for... Uh, I forgot if I mentioned it last week, for the... Uh, the ladies who were having a good time dancing in their seats with one another <gasps> while not wearing masks over their noses. No, you um, did not mention this. Yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, I won't go into detail. I'm writing about, uh, I'm doing like a little essay on the return to travel right now. Uh, for that's going to fall. And like how I've missed it so much. And yet there's this added layer of anxiety that makes me queasy every time I do it. So that story. So I don't, do I don't want to give away. when you see... Yes. Like Do you this... feel angry when you see stuff like that? Because I, I feel like I'm generally not an angry person, but when I see people disrespecting rules about something that is so important and that can cause other people not just like extreme harm, but also anxiety in the moment, it makes me furious. Yeah, and, this... and I don't know how to I don't know how to deal with that anger because I'm not used to it. Yeah. In this uh in this case here's what I'll say. I try not to begrudge people good time. Uh, I, I often fail at that, but I try not to begrudge people. You can have a good time with a mask a, a on. A good time. Um, and, and so I was trying not to focus on, like, the dancing or whatever, because, like, technically they weren't doing anything wrong. Like, I think it's kind of rude to be on a seven across, in a <laughs> like, seven seat across in a row, five-hour flight, and, like, dancing and being kind of loud. Uh, in like a night flight, like I think that's kind of you know. Where were you flying? Atlanta to, you to flying... Portland, because um, I flew through Atlanta uh, to okay. Portland like an idiot. Um, okay. Sorry, in my in my mind, the only time I've really seen like wild flights have been like to Vegas. Yeah, and this you know? wasn't and wild. It, it was literally sense. these two people, just these two people. Who, by the way, another layer of this is they were sharing earpods. Um, and one of them dropped and lost the earpod twice and, uh, like tried to get like the rows in front and behind her to look for the earpod. And like, I thought like, okay, now you're going to start to take other people's feelings into consideration. Nope. Uh, they did find the earpods and like halfway through the flight, they passed out. Um, Oh my! Uh, okay, so I think okay. they might have been on drugs. Is the uh, is or, or or like a lot of alcohol, and they just crashed hard. Um, my it, it my take is that behavior. you could do all of those things with a mask on, and yes. I wouldn't be as angry. So yeah. that's my yeah. That's and my so I, I I frankly don't know which part of it was making me the angriest. Like I, I can't right. isolate the behaviors because they all happened in concert with one another. Um, I'd love to say it was just the mask thing that was bothering me, but right. I don't think it was. Um, anyway, in contrast to that uh, <laughs> that uh, experience, I was moved to a an exit seat on my flight back uh, from San Francisco to Detroit, uh, from which I was going home to Toronto. 
so obviously the longer flight. So that was sweet uh, for us six-footers mm-hmm. in the world. I watched Minari, which I know, I, I believe you Are saw. Are you six feet tall? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I think you saw Minari, right? What's Minari about again? Um, the Asian-American family, or Korean-American family, I believe, that moves to, or maybe it's Chinese that moves to Arkansas and uh start a family and and start a farm there they move from LA um oh my goodness sorry uh, well, for some reason for some reason I was thinking of never mind I was thinking of an animated movie uh, never mind yes I have absolutely seen that movie it is incredible yeah you really liked and, it and I I did not uh, yeah, like it sorry. as much as like, I liked no! it. I liked it, but I think here's my problem. I'll let you express why you really liked it. Um, yes, we should probably I'm keep it short. But uh, I think I went in expecting a bit more of a coming of age movie. And I think coming of okay. age movies are pretty much like that's my favorite Especially genre. Especially poignant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was more of a movie about marriage, uh, which, you know, is also trenchant. But I, I guess <laughs> as a. In terms of expectations and a genre, I would not as readily and excitedly watch. So I was a bit surprised. I think it was a very effective movie and successful movie, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Uh, So I didn't end up liking it as much as I thought I would. I'm very surprised. Uh, Yeah, I loved that movie. Why my brain was going... uh, Anyway, whatever. I'm sick. Let's just write it off as that. Um, Are you thinking of Moana? No, no, that's the thing. Like, I don't even know what I was thinking of. I was like grasping at straws being like, what is he talking about? But yeah, of course, Minari. Um, It's funny that you described it as a a movie about marriage, because I actually that's not what I took from it at all. Um, To me, uh, well, obviously, uh, the actor who played the son was incredible and amazing. And the grandmother. She won an Oscar. Amazing talent. And that was where I was going next was the grandma. To me, it was really a story about family and yeah. about, you know, coming coming here and uh, and all of the ups and downs along that way. And just the role, the relationship between the grandson and the grandmother was one of the most beautiful things like I've ever I've ever seen uh, de- like depicted in, in, in film and the ending. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but just, whew, I was not ready. I, I mean, I get emotional quite often <laughs> at artistic, um, uh, avenues, be it movie or TV or music or concerts or books. Uh, but, uh, the ones that really stick with me are the ones that like I'll be doing the dishes like two days later and I have tears in my eyes because I'm thinking about the characters or I'm thinking about the end of the movie. And that happened with that movie for me. I really could not get enough reading every review that I could, every interview with the cast, watching all of them on YouTube. And I just I kept thinking about those characters in that movie, in that setting for days after. And it was just so moving and so, so beautifully done in an understated way. Um I didn't expect to talk about this. Sorry, you uh, you really have taken me for a loop today. Uh, amazing movie. Highly recommend that you watch it if you haven't. Yeah, I, I will echo that that relationship in particular is very good. And uh, the acting across the board was very good. I guess it just, it wasn't exactly where I thought it was going to go. Uh, or what I thought it was going to be, I should say, uh, before seeing it. So my expectations to be honest, I also thought it was a little bit. I came into it thinking that it was going to be more of what you expected as well. I thought that the the little boy was going to be little at the beginning. And then I thought it was going to go through like his life, like as he got older. Um, so I had no idea what it was actually about um, in the end, but I really loved it. Yeah. Like it was not what I expected going in. Yeah. I mean, I you're think, just yeah. like, you're talking to a person whose two favorite movies of the 2010s were Moonlight, Moonlight boyhood. And, and Boyhood. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> That's my jam. Uh, and this was... I don't have a favorite movie, you know that? I would have no idea what to say if someone said, what's your favorite movie? Yeah. I don't have a clue. Um, I used to... Anyway. When I was a kid, I used to say it was Independence Day. Uh, it was not. I've never seen that. <laughs> Will Smith, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Aliens, Save the World. Um, you've been... How many alien movies has Will Smith been in? Uh, a uh... Isn't Man in, Bla- Men in Black? Men in Black, the yeah. There are, there's Aliens. Yeah. That's more of a comedic... Uh, Independence Day is like an action movie. <coughs> uh, Men in Black, 
About yeah. aliens. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Um, you've been watching Canada Basketball. Uh, big I win have. over the Bahamas on Sunday. Play again mm-hmm. on Monday, which will, pro- will definitely be after you, dear listener, have listened to this podcast. Yes. Uh, so for the listeners who haven't been able to uh, follow along, uh, I guess, what is the purpose of these games? And, and <laughs> who is on this Canadian team? And what's uh, stood out so far? The thing about FIBA is that there is a lot of games and a lot of tournaments leading into the actual tournaments. So uh, right now, Canada is in the Dominican Republic, um, and they are there for the first of six windows (laughs) of competition leading up to qualifying for the FIBA Basketball 2023 uh, World Cup. Well, I mean, for for anybody who follows (laughs) soccer... Uh, like it, okay, it's similar okay. to that, and and you know Canada soccer on the men's side is having a moment right now. So, uh, in, in it's a lot like that, I think we can say. But continue. Yeah. So right now it's the FIBA Basketball World Cup Americas um, qualifiers. So they are in the Dominican to play two games against the Bahamas uh, on Sunday and Monday. Sunday's game, Canada uh, won dominantly. They had 115 to 73 uh, win. And they're going to play the Bahamas again shortly after we finish this call, actually. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a great game for, for Canada. They... Um, they looked awesome offensively. It took the first couple of minutes of the first game was like back and forth between the teams. And then Canada just sort of found its rhythm and, and, uh, and just went, uh, and didn't look back. Um, Kyle Wilcher, uh, led the way for, for Canada, the veteran, he had 23 points on 13 shots. He was awesome. Um, but uh, there was a lot of young guys who made their debut, um, yesterday, AJ Lawson, um, Kenny Cherie, uh, who had 18 points, um, pl- their debut with the um, senior men's national team. They've previously been involved with the program. Uh, but there's some names that like uh, Raptors fans would know. I think, you know, Anthony Bennett was there. He had eight points in the game. Anthony Bennett always shows up to these tournaments when when they need him, which should be commended. Uh, the Scrub brothers were there. Phil Scrub had 11 assists to lead Ooh. everybody. Uh, yeah. Carlton's finest. He, he, yeah, he had a really good game. Aaron Bess had uh, 21 on 10 shots. He was awesome. Former 905er. Um, former 905er. Yeah, he was. He uh, played really well. And then another debut that happened yesterday was Kyle Alexander, who has played with the Miami Heat. He's the brother of Kayla Alexander, who plays for the senior women's national team. So that was pretty exciting to see him make his like debut playing for Canada. And he had a great debut, finished with a double-double. He had 12 points and 12 assists and... Sorry, 12 points, 12 rebounds. I was like, how many assists did they get? <laughs> one guy is 11, one guy is 12. I mean, what well, was this, funny. a 40-assist game? It's funny that you say that because they did finish with 31 assists on 42 <laughs> field goals. So pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good um, assist to field goal, field goal ratio there. Uh, but yeah, they um, they looked great. And they, you know, once they built their lead, they didn't look back. And it was really good to see. So, um, you know, we'll see how they do in the rematch on monday but for the bahamas kind of interesting clay thompson's brother is playing for the bahamas uh michael thompson so that was an interesting name that i didn't expect to see and it was nice to see him making three pointers as the thompson family seems to do quite well um but yeah a a big like opening uh game for canada in the first of six windows to qualify for the world cup uh yeah cool um, Nate Bjorkman, Raptors consultant, coaching mm-hmm. that team. Nate Mitchell, uh, Raptors assistant coach, uh, also yep. coaching. Uh, cool stuff all around. Uh, good luck to Canada. You can catch those games on Sportsnet. Uh, good to see these things being covered. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, for sure. And and you as well covering it at Canada Basketball website. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, <laughs> shout out! You got you to get in your plug, Holly. I'm better at plugging other people. Yeah, um, it's because you're a writer and you have the same disease we all do. Um, Subscribe to The Athletic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've missed it. For all of your basketball content. And every sport, actually. If you're hearing this after Monday, you've missed your $1 a month uh, window for the first year. But uh, you can't say we didn't warn you last week. Um, But you should still subscribe. Because uh, there won't be as good of a deal uh, like that in quite some time, but uh, it's still good value. I'd like to say 
uh, at the price <laughs> you can get it. Uh, the Raptors game against Boston was the first of a seven-game homestand. Uh, they've got Memphis, as discussed, without John Morant on Tuesday. Got the Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday. We've got the mighty Zards of the District of Columbia on Sunday. Uh, then they will probably talk to you some point after that game. Then they've got Thunder, Knicks, Kings. Uh, what would be a good record is what you wrote here. Uh, I, I, <laughs> now he's sticking yeah, to yeah, the yeah, outline. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> if this club, I mean, this is this is an easier stretch. I think we have to yes, concede. Yeah. Like the the only like really scary game in there, you know, with apologies to the Wizards who are who have played good basketball to start the season. Like the Bucks are obviously the way they're playing right now and with the talent and history they have, that looks to be a tough game. The other mm-hmm. five games, and even the Celtics game, uh, which they have already lost, uh, all winnable. Uh now obviously there's huge notes about health in there uh og ananobi as nick nurse said has sort of plateaued in his recovery and there's no timetable for his return which i'll remind you doesn't mean anything other than it's unlikely he'll play tuesday like uh, no timetable just means they can't say one way or the other and the if he if he had lots of good progress at the beginning and you know he could have lots of good progress soon as well um they're not getting our hopes up uh but yeah none of him ken birch or gary trent practiced on monday which means it's unlikely they'll play on tuesday saying that i think you gotta <coughs> look to get at least four of these six games right like that that scene, and i know that's a lot of wins you say that you say that as the raptors currently are two and seven sure but if you're gonna lose if you're gonna have a losing record on this homestand, you're probably yes. looking like a team that's not making the that that is positioned not to make the play in or the. Well, playoffs. that's why I asked this because I wanted to say like the importance of this homestand. So what would this is yeah. over? What would be a good record? Five and two. What would be an acceptable mm-hmm. record? Four and three. What would be bad? Anything worse than that? I think yes, that's where I. Stand. I agree. I also agree with that. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I, I think I'm sort of. As we discussed, I, I want to see more from Yuta Watanabe. Uh, his minutes have been a joy. I want to see where the Scotty Barnes experience goes. We didn't talk. This is the least we've talked about Scotty Barnes. I know. Uh, after his four three-pointer game. Uh, there are still moments in that first half and the first half against Indiana where it's like, man, look at the rim. Look at the rim. Go to the <laughs> rim. Uh, like, you're big and strong and stuff. Do that. But, it does seem to take him a little bit of time each game to kind of like yeah. – get into being aggressive but yeah, yeah maybe when, that'll when he does it, i mean it's really commendable that the guy can't seem to string two bad halves together <laughs> like uh, he's yeah, good, yeah like yeah. he figures it out and that bodes well for his future development anything else you're looking to see uh no i'm just looking at this list of guys coming through or teams coming through and it'll be fun to see dylan brooks and brandon clark with the grizzlies but wow i'm sad about john moran and so thankful that he doesn't need surgery uh on his knee injury yeah and you also you'll have oklahoma city coming through which is fun to have shay and lou Dort. uh as i always say in the spirit of steve holt from arrested development lou dort um I think that's about it, Holly. I think you need to go get ready to watch a Canada basketball game. I need to <coughs> yeah. finish rhapsodizing about uh, about what it's like to travel again in these uh, perilous times. Uh, I super look forward to reading that. Also, apologies to anyone listening for my coughing and or clearing the throat. I think you sounded so, pretty yeah. good, Holly. I think you shouldn't Thanks. be so hard on yourself in general. <laughs> thank you uh thanks holly for joining me we'll do this again yeah, this time next yeah. week hopefully with a with a five and two record to talk about five and two homestands well we won't about. because they'll only have played three more games um ah, <laughs> i mean overall i mean oh yeah see i can't my brain's a little well, well, there. well go take a 20 minute nap and get ready to write about canada basketball yeah uh people subscribe to the athletic uh, thank you for listening to this here podcast. <laughs> we'll see you next week. See ya! 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.